<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Lancaster police still investigating the death of Hector Fuentes, who was shot on his way to work. Was it a senseless crime or a murder with motive? It literally broke my heart killed at the crack of dawn more than a decade ago. His case has gone cold and his killer is still on the loose. Like I start to talk about it and it starts to feel like the day that it happened. With a second shooting right down the street. Two men were shot and killed a few blocks away. We looked at the connection between that case and this case. Was it a coincidence or something more? I didn't really even get to tell him that I loved him before uh, he passed. The person who might have seen something is still unknown. We need to know what this person has to say. Now, with a sketch in hand, the search is on. To find the man, Placeho has the clues to unlock the case. I hope that they know that they took somebody who's very loved. This is Unsolved in PA. Hi, I'm Jessica Babb. I'm an investigative reporter for CBS 21 News. Hector Fuentes was killed back in 2009 while he was on his way to work in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's described as a quiet person who kept a low profile, a dad who loved his family. Just 30 minutes before Hector was killed, there was another shooting nearby. Was Hector Fuentes in the wrong spot at the wrong time? Or is there more to this story? These are questions detectives are still trying to answer. And a passerby who might have seen something is nowhere to be found. Let's go back to the morning it started. In this week's episode, Hector Fuentes, Death at Dawn. He's really a quiet guy. He really, honestly, he spent all his time with myself, my brother, and my sister. Um, that was like every day after work and especially on the weekends. Um, he truly was like a humble person. Didn't have any problems with anybody. Um, that's why this, like that happened to him was really, we still don't understand. We still don't understand. Those words are from Hector Fuentes' daughter, Tiffany Schmalhofer. She was just 16 when her father was killed, a teenager trying to make sense of her father's shooting. You know, I can't even explain it. I would never think that something like that would happen to somebody so close to me. Hector Fuentes was, he's 39 years old. He was the father of three. Uh, he was just a hardworking guy. He worked at Dart Container. He left his house every morning around 6.30 and caught the bus. That's Captain Curtis Miller with the Lancaster Police Department. I talked with him while he was investigating this case. He says Hector worked from about 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. during the weekdays. He worked at Dart Container, which is exactly what it sounds like, a container company. 
Captain Miller says when Hector went home, he kept to himself. He liked movies and spending time with his daughters, and he didn't really have a big social life. We looked into him, and it, it, it seemed that he was just a very normal-to-himself guy that didn't appear to have any problems. I mean, he would literally come home from work, and then he'd hang out for a little bit, and then he'd go to sleep, then wake up, go to work. It's like the same thing every day. The same thing every day. He's a man of routine. In photos, Hector Fuentes appears to be a slender man with darker skin. You can see he's surrounded by family members and loved ones. Whether it's a soft smile or a big one, in the photos, he seems happy. It literally broke my heart. I still can't even process. <laughs> I still can't even believe he's not here. But on August 11th, 2009, her world came crashing down in an instant. I mean, at the time I was thinking, like, what am I going to do? Like, he's the only person at the time that I would, like, depend on. Um, like, I did, I had my mom, but, you know, she was going through some things at the time. So I was mostly staying with my dad. And my, my thought process was just like, oh, my God, like, I lost the only person that, you know, is looking after me. It's a moment that will never be forgotten. On 11 August 2009, police were flagged down and dispatch was also called about a man who had been shot in the area of uh, Orange and Plum Street. Police saw Hector had been shot, so they treated him on the scene and then took him to the hospital where he died. And that day, I remember I was waiting on the porch for him and it was getting past the time that he would have arrived. So I got, I was like, huh, that's weird. I was like, maybe the bus was running late because he took the bus to work. Um, I was like, um, maybe the bus is running late. Um, or maybe I just came, he came earlier than, than I got here and he's probably at the laundromat. So I walked out to the laundromat. I, you know, poke my head in there to see if he's in there and there's nobody in there. So I'm like, hmm. I walked back up. And when I'm walking back up to where he lives, the, another lady who lives um, lives in the same building, she sat, she asked me, she was like, hey, can you take me to your mom? I need to talk to your mom. It's about your dad. I need to talk to your mom. And I'm like, oh, I thought it so weird. I was like, where would she have to possibly talk to my mom about my dad? Tiffany says at the time, her parents were divorced. I do remember that morning seeing like the yellow tape and everything blocked off. I just had no idea because I, I slept at his house that night. I woke up, I got dressed, I walked outside and then I, I went over to, I walked to my grandmother's house. So, I mean, I did see the crime scene. I just didn't know it was my dad who was involved. Because that happened that it happened really early in the morning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, around like nine, ten in the morning, I had got gotten up, gotten dressed, got outside. So yeah, I saw everything that was that uh, it was like taped off and stuff like that. So I saw it. 
She saw the crime scene, but she says she didn't know her dad was involved. In fact, she didn't know until later that day. As she was passing by, she didn't know that would be her last look at his life. Like, I start to talk about it, and it starts to feel like, like if it's this, that, the day that it happened. So what happened? What was Hector doing before the trigger was pulled? To understand that, let's go to Orange and Plum Street, located in the heart of Lancaster City. All around that intersection are businesses, homes, and a lot of traffic. The row homes and other buildings all squished together on narrow city streets. Hector was shot near the corner of Orange and Plum around 6.30 in the morning, about 15 minutes after the sun came up that day. About 6.30 in the morning. Okay, so it was pretty early in the morning then. Early in the morning, like I said, he was, he was off to catch the bus to work. I went to the scene with Captain Miller, and together we retraced Hector's steps. It seems like he left directly from his house to walk to work the same time as he, as, as he always did. He was only trying to make it a few blocks. So this is the way that Hector was walking? Correct. Hector was walking northbound to the bus station at Plum and Chestnut Street. That bus stop was just one block away. When he got to the, it looked like an alleyway. But as he was getting closer, step by step, he was stopped in his tracks, shot. Somebody came out of the alleyway. Um, they looked like they shot him. And uh, he then got to the corner of Plum and Orange, holding his, I don't know if it was his chest or his neck, when he was shot, kind of trying to get someone to stop to help him. And someone eventually did. Police say they found Hector's possessions and they collected the bullet. They sent it to a lab but haven't gotten any results. Captain Miller says there's nothing that suggests there was a struggle. Like I said, we can't find any problems that, that Hector had. Uh, any, any problems with people or any, anything that might cause this to happen. We still don't understand or what the, we don't understand what the motive could have been. But get this, the person who did it is bold. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That morning in 2009, police were already in that area before Hector was shot. Officers were still actually on scene securing that crime scene when this had happened. So it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Police were investigating a different crime about half a block away. 45 minutes before the shooting, there was a a homicide shooting at inside of 326 East Orange Street. Um, that case was investigated thoroughly. Um, three people were prosecuted for homicide out of that case. 
two men were shot and killed a few blocks away. Police say a 28-year-old male was shot multiple times in his home on the 300 block of East Orange Street just before 6 a.m. About a half hour later, police received a call of a second man found in the intersection of East Orange and Plum Streets with at least one gunshot wound. Police Chief Keith Sadler says he has his entire detective division working on the two homicides. Sadler tells us this is the worst type of crime for any community. It obviously takes a priority because we haven't narrowed any suspects at this point, and it's extremely important that we do. So besides the expertise in our detective division, we and our patrol division, we, we clearly rely on other people in the community that may have information. Another shooting, the same morning, around the same time, around the same area. There was a uh, there was a gunshot victim victim that was shot uh, in his residence, and it was uh, appeared to be a uh, a targeted homicide. Is it a coincidence? Was Hector in the wrong place at the wrong time, or was it more nefarious? Yeah, that's where the, a lot of frustration comes from because it doesn't seem like. I mean, I know he wasn't involved in anything like that, like that. Part of me kind of was wondering if maybe uh, Hector saw something he shouldn't have, or I don't know, maybe someone else was leaving the scene. I don't know. It makes you wonder. It, it does make you wonder. Could Hector have seen something that morning on his walk to work? These are the questions that pop into my mind when I consider the possibility of two shootings in the same area, 30 minutes apart. Police have been trying to answer some of those same questions. Uh, obviously, we we looked at the connection between that case and this case. Uh, we spent countless hours, and to this point, we've not been able to link the two cases. The homicide on East Orange Street, that was the, the victim knew the suspects. Um, it was a targeted incident, whereas with Hector, Hector's not, we, there's no connection between him and any of the people um, involved in the other homicide that we could find. While we may never know the answer to some of those questions, there might be someone out there who saw something. In a black and white sketch, I'm looking directly into the eyes of a man who might have witnessed Hector's shooting. There is a potential witness that we're trying to identify that we have a video clip uh, it's very important to the case. We've reached out to the public several times trying to identify this potential witness. In the sketch done by detectives, this man is described as being Hispanic and about 19 to 21 at the time. So he'd be in his 30s now. At the time, he was described to be about 5'9 or 5'10, was tall, slim, had brown eyes and an olive complexion. The description of this witness is detailed. They say he had shiny skin, rounded golf ball-like cheeks that narrowed sharply inward and a thin neck. He was wearing a black boxy-style cap, a black or charcoal-colored three-fourths length long-sleeved sweater with light-colored stripes on the cuffs. They may have even had long, fine black hair. It's also possible they might have had ties to the Lancaster area. You can see this sketch on our website, cbs21.com. I encourage you to take a look to get a better idea of who I'm talking about. And then the witness would have been walking. The witness would have been walking in the opposite direction on the same sidewalk southbound. Captain Miller says he was spotted walking in the opposite direction, but on the same sidewalk as Hector. 
We have a, a short video clip of him walking south on Plum Street. We're considering this person a, a potential witness at this point. We need to know what this person has to say. So that's why we're trying to identify him. They say they aren't ruling anything out at this point, and it's one of their last leads. Because there has to be someone who knows about this. Uh, identifying this potential witness is, is a big deal for the case. And anybody who, who knows about this potential witness or recognizes them, I, I just, like I said, I just every day hope that they come forward. That potential witness was caught on camera. Surveillance video helping police track this man's steps. In the video, you can see this man casually crossing the stream. It appears one hand might be in his pocket. You can see him walking down the street at different spots, different cameras following him. But in addition to what he might look like, that's all we know about him. Police say they need this man to come forward. So the investigation now is we've, we've uh, exhausted all the leads. Uh, we've, we've reached out to the public for information, for, for help, anything that might help solve this crime. Uh, we've putting out Crime Stopper photos, uh, short clips of videos, sketch composites. We've canvassed the area. Uh, we actually went down to the area about the same uh, time in the morning and handed out flyers to anybody who might have seen anything, uh, countless interviews, and the, the case still remains unsolved. It seems random, and if they do ever catch the person who did this, I hope that they say, you know, why? What was the motive? What was the reason behind doing something like that to somebody you didn't even know? Was Hector's death a random tragedy? Police seem to think so. Like I said, the, this is truly uh, an innocent victim that was just going to work. Uh, he wasn't involved in any sort of thing he, he wasn't supposed to be. I mean, he was just living his life. Uh, trying to provide for himself, trying to provide for his kids. He was walking to the bus station to go to work. And to be you know, shot on your way to work, it's, it's just, a, it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just a tragedy. And it, it's just uh, unimaginable that, you know, something like this could happen. A tragedy that's been devastating for Tiffany. You could say it altered, like, the way my life <laughs> And, you know, when that happened, I had to... I mean, I think maybe like a year later, I had to leave school and get a job to help, you know, at home. I, I eventually got a GED and that sort of thing, but... Since Hector worked so hard to provide for their family, she says she soon had to help fill that role. My sister was... I was 16. She was 13. And so I... You know, to help my mom out, I would help her, you know, buy school clothes, um, shoes, kind of like help take care of my sister as well. For people who might not have experienced something like this, what kind of emotion goes through your mind as you're kind of dealing with all of this? You know, at the beginning, it was like, I was pretty depressed. Um, I have to say, uh, and then it's like, those, it's like five stages of grief. You, you're really sad and then eventually I mean so mad so I just didn't understand why would someone do something like that to somebody who's never done anything to anybody without answers to who pulled the trigger who might have seen it or why it might have happened 
there's no closure, just open wounds. It bothers me. I think about it. It's a it's a huge responsibility for for the victim and their family. What would it mean to you to be able to solve this case? It would be huge. It would be huge. It would be, um, like I said, it would be be able to to provide that closure for the family. I mean, that's that's there's really nothing bigger than that. I mean, it's it's just so important. So it it's it, it's a big responsibility, and it um, like I said, it it weighs on you. Anytime any of us talk about it, it's always like a bunch of questions. It's always why. Right. What would you want to tell to the person who did this? Well, um, honestly, I don't even, I hope that you're, that he's, whoever it was, is caught. I hope that they know that they took somebody who's very loved and important. Someone that I needed. And I, I really hope that they think about it every single day of their lives. Tiffany says there's so much her dad missed out on. Her life, her kids, and memories they could have made together. If you could say one more thing to him, what would it be? Oh. Um, that I mean, I didn't even, I didn't really even get to tell him that I loved him before uh, he passed. That the day before, I usually that's something I tell him every day. That that day before, I don't know why I did it. Tell him that I miss him a lot. <laughs> I wish he was here to see his grandchildren. I wish they would have gotten a chance to know him. Well, it's definitely my goal with this story to, you know, obviously tell his story, but, you know, to hopefully get justice for him if anyone knows anything. To the person who did this and killed Hector Fuentes, if by some chance you're listening, Here's a message for you. You're living with it, and um, like I said, it's it's got to be weighing on you. And I said I I want to I want to talk to you about what happened. I mean that's that's bottom line. I I can't imagine how anybody could uh, could hold something in like that for all these years. Uh, it, it changed a lot of lives, and uh, I just ask that you you. Uh, do some soul searching and and uh, do the right thing and and um, you know do it do it for Hector and do it for his family. Come forward. It's not too late. If you know who did it, speak now. You know, all of these years later, do you think this case will be solved? I'm optimistic. I don't understand how something like this could happen. Something to to someone like him. Like I know people say that all the time. You know that oh they didn't deserve that but he like he truly did not deserve something like that to happen to him again if you know anything about this case please call lancaster police their number is 717-735-3300 to view the surveillance video and the sketch of the potential witness it's all on our website at cbs21.com maybe something you see will trigger your memory There are family members desperate for answers. 
Each one of you can help. Share this story. Tell your friends. The more we can get this story out there, the better. Like in every case, someone out there knows something. Once again, I'm Jessica Babb with CBS 21 News in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. In addition to hosting this podcast, I also wrote, produced, and edited it. If you like what you've heard, let me know and leave a review. Together, let's help a family find closure.